Hello and welcome to episode 14, yes it is 14, of Feckin' Metal. I'm your host Fergal Trainer. Now, uh, later on in this show I will be speaking to Uncle Steve, who is someone who should be familiar to you all, but who also may not be. Uh, that doesn't really work, does it? Um, yes, Uncle Steve from Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone was uh, generous enough to give me his time uh, last week, actually, at this point. And we did a podcast. We did a podcast. We recorded a podcast. We had a chat um, about uh, mainly Iron Maiden, but also other things as well. A couple of surprises along the way there from, from Steve. Uh, Uncle Steve from Texas. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Steve. Uh, that's not doesn't even sound like anything like you. Um, but I do give you carte blanche. That's French, by the way, to um, impersonate my Dublin accent anytime you see fit uh, down the line. Um, it's a Wednesday evening here as I record this intro. A Wednesday. Some people pronounce the D in Wednesday, don't they? To say Wednesday, or when they're writing. Um, Shorthand, they say they say weds. I don't know what I would say. Weds, or we, I think I'd say wed. W e d, as in mon Monday, chew Tuesday, wed Wednesday. But weds, I don't know. I have an issue with those people, um, and especially the people who pronounce the d in Wednesday. Wednesday is not correct. Incorrect, as Toomey would say. My co-host from the feckin' check-in. Um, okay, so yes, uh, we are here on episode 14 of Feckin' Metal. And I'm recording this intro, as I said. I'm having a Nuki Brown, also known as Brune, or just also known as Newcastle Brown Ale. And I have a strong feeling that I might spill it all over my new computer. So uh, cue a lot of swearing um, if I do that. Um, but, do you know, before we get to anything... Um, before we get to the interview or even my own musings and thoughts that I wish to share with you shortly, I do have some unfortunate and rather upsetting news to share with you all, and that is that fearsome stone giants are walking the earth.
Alright, so that was Black Soul Horde with Stone Giants, and that's from the album Land of Demise, which is a fantastic new metal album from a Greek band uh, released in 2020, released this year. Uh, yes, I, I kind of tried to go for a bit of War of the Worlds there at the start. Um, don't know if that worked on anybody, but, you know, just mixing it up here on Feckin' Metal. Um, so last week I spoke to Nesbit from Talking Maiden, a uh, hugely popular episode online. Nesbitt is always a popular guest, as I said, and people even stuck with it through my Crime Watch Reconstruction voice. So thanks again to anybody who did that. Very popular on Twitter with several people. You know who you are. Thank you for sharing, liking, uh, commenting, and private messaging if you did. Um, so yeah, that, that was a good one. Really enjoyed that. Unfortunate audio issues, but hopefully I've learned my lesson and I just, I'm not going to move rooms during the podcast anymore. Um, because that's a foolish thing to do. Um, so I'm doing this intro here. I have about 15 minutes to get this SOB done as my housemate Maya is out for the next while. Actually, I said, I said the phrase SOB to, um, to Maya recently and she'd never heard of it. She'd never, well, she's from Poland, but she'd never heard um, SOB, the, the, you know, the shortened down version of Son of a Bitch. So, you know, every day is a school day in the feckin' check-in HQ here in Dublin. Uh, I was going to say where I live. Ah, ah, fuck it. Ashtown in Dublin, uh, for anyone who's interested. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. So this kind of seems like a good time to reflect on 2020. I know I kind of complained about how Spotify do that earlier in the year. Um than, you know, like, I'd rather Spotify counted all of my listening habits from the 1st of January to 31st of December. Um, but for me personally, I'd like to reflect on the year now because over the next couple of weeks, I'll just be trying to poison my liver with alcohol. And I don't know how much listening or uh, anything I'll be doing in relation to heavy metal over the next couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, people like to do album of the year lists or, you know, top 50 albums or top 20 metal albums. And I've I've read through a lot of these lists online recently from various different people and and uh, magazines and websites and stuff and I have to say I barely recognize any bands in any of these lists and I'm not trying to sound cool or you know oh look at me and my taste uh, aren't I great that uh, I don't know any of these bands I just don't know them because a lot of them are from extreme metal subgenres so like death metal, technical death metal, melodic death metal, um, all, and, and these various other, you know, black metal, and these various other subgenres that I don't really listen to that much, as, as listeners of this show will know, um, but I do like the traditional sounding heavy metal, the traditional heavy metal, um, which I like to focus on, on feckin' metal, and I know I've done a couple of episodes that are related to Iron Maiden recently, and this is not an Iron Maiden podcast, um, I just thought, you know, strike while the iron is hot, pun intended there, um, and Iron Maiden had an album released recently, and why not talk about Iron Maiden for a few weeks when there's a lot of buzz and fanfare about the new album, and, you know, have Nesbitt on to chat about it, and chat to Uncle Steve, and uh, chat to uh, myself on the episode I did where I ranked Lesser Spotted Maiden, Um but yeah, it, this isn't an Iron Maiden podcast, and I'm not going to be speaking about Iron Maiden every week. Uh, they might come into discussions I do have, but I intend next year to go back to the interview format. Um, I may have a guest that's related to Iron Maiden, but I would like to go back to what I uh, started doing, which was interviewing bands uh 
mostly newer bands or bands that have been around maybe for 10 years or so um, and I have a couple of ideas of, of guests in the future and maybe I might speak to a couple of podcasters as well we'll see how it goes but um, I do intend to go back to what I started out with uh, more interviews with different bands and um, as I said it's not an Iron Maiden podcast because there's many many good Iron Maiden podcasts out there for you to listen to if you want to uh, Talking Maiden Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden podcast Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast um, and and several others as well so um, I know I've done a couple of Iron Maiden or three actually I suppose in a row now but um, it was just a temporary thing to capitalise frankly on uh, on the um, the buzz that was going to be surrounding the Iron Maiden live album uh, Knights of the Dead which I did express my opinions on with Nesbitt last week and on Twitter as well uh, sometimes while drunk but that's the way it goes with social media isn't it listener um okay so uh people like to give their lists of top 20 albums etc etc um i'm not going to do that i'm just going to list albums that i think were really good from this year that are are you know along the lines of the bands and and guests i've had on on feckin metal um these won't be a shock really to regular listeners or people who've listened to every episode but maybe if you're listening to your first episode or if your first episode was last week and you've decided to listen to this week uh, these are the bands and albums that i recommend or i really enjoyed from 2020 so far Um, i will say the first one these are in no particular order but i do like that this is the first one on my list because i loved my chat with this guy his name's stephen waddle and his band is called oath or oath sc as he now calls them Uh, he's from scotland and his album was called computer warrior uh, it's currently available on Bandcamp and it's available for pre-order uh, in physical format um, and he doesn't like Spotify, he's not on Spotify so if you want to check out Oath SC, go to Bandcamp and stream it there there's a number of free streams and then you will be encouraged by Bandcamp to buy it digitally and I would encourage you to buy it digitally as well, it's a great album uh, so first one on the list is Oath SC, Computer Warrior next on the list is the new ACDC album Power Up I loved this album, as I've previously expressed, but this is just a dose, a shot in the arm of prime ACDC. I think they're sounding better than they have in at least, I don't know, I'm going to say at least 30 years, like maybe more. I think ACDC just really knocked this one out of the park and it was just such a nice, a kind of a combination of nostalgia, but also a realisation that they still have it and they can still do it. And they really pulled this one out of the bag. And as people will know, I love a kind of a reunion story or a comeback story and this was one of the best comeback stories of the year uh, along with I will say uh, Glacier and Sirith Ungol um, Sirith Ungol not so much this year and Glacier not so much this year because the wheels were in motion a few years ago but they both came back with albums this year and so did ACDC um, yeah I mean they had um, Phil Rudd up on, on you know methamphetamine possession charges and threatening to kill somebody they had cliff williams just quitting the band they had brian johnson basically going deaf and they just kind of sorted out all those issues <laughs> very commendably as well i must say and uh, they just kind of said right you know th- there are a lot of obstacles in our way but that's not going to stop us from making a fucking brilliant album in 2020 so i'm delighted to listen to and just to see acdc still releasing great stuff in 2020 and here's to hoping that here's to hoping here's to hoping that acdc can uh, play some live shows in 2021 and i will be there like a hot snot and next on the list is eternal champion ravening iron i just received the vinyl copy of this album today have been listening a bit on Bandcamp. um 
but I can't wait to actually spend some time and properly listen to it um, and sit down with it and listen to it on vinyl. It's a beautiful album. It's beautiful artwork. A lot of people say maybe the artwork wasn't very tasteful. I mean, it does have a naked woman or or two naked women on on the cover. And, you know, is it sexist? Uh, Is it demeaning to women? I don't know. I think it's more of a throwback to old school style artwork i'm thinking specifically of that heavy metal animated film uh, i think from the 80s uh, i think it's called heavy metal maybe you can correct me if i'm wrong um but i don't know i don't think it was tasteless i actually think it's very tasteful artwork i think it's a really nice painting and it's just very vibrant and colorful and the music inside is excellent as well and for all i know the two females on the cover might may represent characters uh, in the storyline of these songs I'm not familiar with them. I haven't read the book that goes along with it. Um, I just like the music, and maybe maybe I'll get into the book at one point. I don't know. Um, but that's yeah, third on the list for me. Uh, next up, Glacier, The Passing of Time. I've talked about this album a good bit, but that is just an excellent American power metal album. Eight songs, start to finish, really, really fucking good. Um, I think Michael Padrebo sounds better than ever. Uh, he only really has previously sung on the original Glacier EP back in 1985 and didn't really do much for 35 years but he sounds bloody good here and I'd recommend that as well. Uh, next on my list is Sirith Ungle Forever Black, uh, another excellent album, another comeback story. Um, again they hadn't really they hadn't released an album since 1991 so you've got 29 years there of inactivity um, or maybe not quite 29 but they released this in January 2020 and it still sounds great like in December and it just sounds so fresh and so uh, so fresh and so clean. No, it sounds so fresh and so vibrant. I've already said the word vibrant, haven't I, to describe colours. I can't really use that to describe music. It just sounds fucking brilliant, and I recommend that you listen to it. Um, it retains all of the hallmarks of the Sirithungle sound, um, but it like it, it's, it doesn't sound like a band trading on past glories. It sounds like a band expanding on them and releasing excellent songs to this day. Uh, I would like to give... a a small mention to Ozzy Osbourne's Ordinary Man. Um, I thought there were some good songs on that. Um, the title track. And Scary Little Green Men. And I just think like I was happy to see. Like, like ACDC but maybe in a more. Um, ACDC are like. I, I feel they're more current than, than Ozzy. But I was happy to see Ozzy. Being able to release an album of such quality in 2020 because he's just had so many health issues and so many personal issues and his tour has been postponed ad infinitum and he just i don't know if he'll ever play live again personally but if he can release albums like this and yes his his vocals are drowned out with auto-tune and every trick in the book um he's 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 as much a magician a magician as a musician these days uh, when it comes to producing music but this has four or five decent songs that are well worth listening to um and i i was very glad and happy to see ozzy releasing an album of this level in 2020 um next on my list is triumph by haunt again currently only available for pre-order in physical format or to listen to on bandcamp digitally um this is a re-recording of two uh, EPs, Luminous Eyes and um, Mosaic Vision which were released in 2017 and was it 2018 or 2019, I'm not sure but they were two of the older Haunt EPs but these have been re-recorded and they sound fantastic um, and then that brings me to my final album on the list which is the band Black 
Soul Horde. The song you heard just earlier on, uh, Stone Giants, was is on that album, and the album is called Land of Demise. This is a band from Greece. I only discovered them very recently, but this album is an absolute belter. And if you can go and find this, it's on Spotify. It's it's in other places as well. I think it's even on the new wave of traditional heavy metal. Uh, YouTube page as well, which is probably where I discovered it. In fact, I think it was. Um, a shout out to that page, which is great for discovering new music. The number of releases in 2020 alone is is simultaneously inspiring and depressing. Inspiring because there's so much great music coming out to this day, and depressing because I know I'll just never listen to them all, and I'll never get familiar with them all because it's just not a, it's just it's not possible. Uh, there there isn't enough time in the world. Um, but that's a good one anyway, uh, according to me. Um, and you're listening to me, so maybe you care what I have to say, or maybe you don't. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's gonna do it for my introduction. I'm gonna take you to my chat now with Uncle Steve from Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. Uh, okay, so I have Uncle Steve from Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone here with me on Feckin' Metal. Welcome to the show, Uncle Steve. Thank you for having me, sir. I appreciate it. Oh, uh, well, you're very welcome, yeah. Um, and uh, you have been doing a, a podcast yourself now uh, for most of 2020. You started in early 2020 with Uncle Steve's uh, Rock and Metal Zone, but that has now morphed into uh, Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. Uh, what, what, around what month did you start again? It was May. I did a, a series of episodes. They were... I was trying to figure out a way to, because I was doing other things and I wanted to incorporate, I was like, how can I incorporate my favorite band and how can I do a full month of it? What's, what's something I can tie in? And then when I started, I was like, January, February, March, April, May, Iron Maiden. Hey, there we go. So I, that's what, that's what I, that's what caused me to do that. Yeah. So I've listened, I've dipped in and out of your podcast. There's a, there's a lot of content there. So I probably listened to about 10 or 12 episodes overall, uh, catching up with it gradually, but I, I do like it. And, um, I, I, I like that you still cover other bands as well, other artists. So you've got that flexibility there to go and look at an Ozzy Osbourne album, uh, but then go back to Iron Maiden. And you've obviously got a lot of guests on that are telling their Iron Maiden stories as well. Um, so I can tell it's like a labor of love for you. You seem to be really enjoying what you're doing. I do. It's, uh, it, it takes a lot of time. That's one of the things I, I think, uh, funny enough, I think you had Nesbitt on your feckin' check-in show. And I remember listening to him talk about Y'all asked him one of the questions, and he said that that was one of the things he didn't realize was how much you had to do to get, you know, how much you had to put into it. And that was, uh, you don't really think about it, because when I tried to start up, and maybe you had this same experience, but when I was getting ready to start, I just was like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. And then it's like, oh, wait, I have to, uh, okay, what am I going to call the show? Uh, oh, and then you take the time, because you start thinking, well, wait, once I put that out there, it's out there. Yeah. And then you go, okay, I'm ready to do I'm ready to do it now. And then you go, oh, now I have to have a hosting site. Oh, okay. And now I have to, it's just, it's just, you know, all these little things that you don't really think about. But yeah, it's definitely a labor of love. I, mean, I, I love, I'm really enjoying doing it. It takes a lot of time, but I'm, it's, it's really cool to meet a lot of people and have fun doing it. So, yeah. Yeah, like I'm similar. I find a podcast taking over my life now. Um, <laughs> I never used to edit. I don't edit the other podcasts that I do with Toomey, but um, I do edit Feckin' Metal. And, and then when I have like guests on, like I want to do some research, make sure I know what I'm talking about. Um, and I find that I spent hours doing it. And I was only chatting to Nesbitt about this recently. And he said he uh, estimated he spent like 326 hours and he has it in a spreadsheet of course of course he does um of all the time he spent researching prepping editing and stuff so yeah it's a 
it's a huge quantity of time. But then I'm thinking to myself, and you're probably the same, like, what the hell else would I be doing in the evening anyway? Like, you know, well, but you have kids, I don't. So maybe you would be doing other wholesome activities, but um, <laughs> I wouldn't be doing anything. Yeah. Other. Yeah, that's 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 what I've kind of gathered about you. Because other night we were we were going back and forth on Twitter, and it was like I think for you it must have been three or four in the morning, and I was like, this guy he can't be married. <laughs> well, uh, I I am technically still married, but uh, separated. Uh, let's not go into that. Ah, but uh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, I do. I have a, a girlfriend and stuff. But um, I've just been staying. I've been keeping some very late hours recently, um, because of the podcast. Actually, I've turned back into a night owl. So I used to be a, a night owl when I was in my 20s, it then completely changed to like somebody went to bed at 10 p.m. and got up at 6 a.m. <laughs> but now I've gone back. Like I find I, in, the, in the wee small hours of the morning, I find it's the best time to uh, to do podcast-related stuff. Obviously not recording, but all, all of the other stuff that goes along with it. Sure, sure. I can relate. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, you obviously love Iron Maiden. Uh, that's evident in the name of your podcast and the direction you've taken it in. <laughs> I was going to ask you, um, I, I mentioned to you, it to you on Twitter, just to kind of give the episode a bit of structure. Uh, if, yeah. you would, if you would like to go through the Iron Maiden milestones in your life, um, and I know for you it starts off with getting uh, a copy of Live After Death, I believe, but if you would like to tell that story, I know you've told it a couple of times, but just for maybe my listeners who haven't listened to your show, uh, how you yeah, started. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, yeah, okay, but even before that, I uh, there was a time when I was... Okay, this is probably around, this has to be around 85, because 84, 85 is when I was really diving headfirst into, when I heard music like this, when I heard music like Wasp and like Kiss and like, uh, you know, Iron Maiden, that you had, the for me, that the switch went off, that I was like, it really resonated with me. And so the first thing that happened for me to get into Iron Maiden, because I was buying uh, magazines back then as far as, and I'm sure y'all probably have the same stuff, at least some of it, you know, like Circus Magazine, Hit Parader Magazine, things like that. Mm. And I would see Iron Maiden album covers, you know, and back then I guess the only things that would have been out would have been Power Slave and Peace of Mind and Killers and the first one and Number of the Beast and seeing those and I thought, wow. You know, okay, you remember back in those, well, no, you know what, you're younger than me, never mind. So you, but you still could probably, you could probably relate though. You, you look at, sometimes you see a band's album covers and you go, Oh God, these guys must be really heavy. Oh yeah. And, yeah. 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 So, and you know, in the eighties there wasn't, you, you know, you couldn't just go, well, let me go on YouTube real quick and type the name in and see what they sound like before you buy it. Mm. It was just, okay. And so I just thought, yeah, these guys are probably too heavy for me. And so one day I'm on the school bus and um, I'm talking with a friend and, or an acquaintance, I would probably say. And we're arguing because I'm arguing <laughs> that uh, Blackie Lawless of Wasp is a better bass player than Steve Harris of Iron Maiden, which we all know is uh, <laughs> totally, you know, is totally idiotic to even think that, yeah. really. Because he, play, he played out of necessity, Blackie Lawless did, and, you know, Steve Harris plays because he's a bass god. Of course. But um, so, he, so the next day he brings me a cassette of, of Peace of Mind, I, I listened to the cassette, and I, I, to the best of my recollection, the first thing that played was uh, Flight of Icarus. And hearing that, and I was just like, oh, wow, these, I could listen to this. These guys aren't uh, so heavy that I couldn't listen. And so that was an eye-opener for me. And then what happened next was, um, and I'm not sure exactly if it was a month later or two weeks later or maybe a couple days later, but a friend of mine at school got in trouble, and he had to write a um, – 
he had to write a 10 page paper. It was, he had to write front and back was one page. He had to write 10 pages of whatever for why ever he got in trouble. Mm. And he's like, Hey, if you'll, if you'll do this for me, I'll give you this, this Iron Maiden tape. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get new music. And when you're uh, 13 years old or 14 years old, you don't really have a bunch of money coming in. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And so I did it. He gave me the cassette and that was the beginning of, my journey into Iron Maiden, you know, hearing everything from the current album, which was Power Slave, all the way back to hearing Iron Maiden and uh, Running Free and Wrathchild and all that. So, that's interesting, and I have a similar experience. Like I, I'm 35, a bit younger than you, but um, I grew up definitely in the CD and even the cassette era as well. The end of the cassette era. Um, and uh, me and my friend, I had him as a guest on my first ever episode. We were just talking about how we used to go into music shops and look at Iron Maiden albums, and we were intimidated by the artwork. Like we, <laughs> we just thought, exactly, I'm not re- we're not ready for this. <laughs> we don't. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> so, so yeah, I had to go through like the Guns and Roses, ACDC kind of path to get there, but got there eventually, obviously, and, and ended up loving them. But the, the artwork to a young, impressionable um, teenager always, to me like you said, seemed that this was this really heavy band that I probably wouldn't like. And that's, nothing could be further from the truth. Like there's, they are heavy, but like they are not like death metal or extreme metal in any way. And that's kind of the image it gave off to me when I was, when I was younger. Oh yeah. Well, you, and the funny thing is if you look at the, the image and uh, like, if you, you know, Steve Harris is wearing shorts, they just look up like a group, even though they have long hair, they just look like a group of nice guys. They don't look like, you know, when you see some of these death metal bands or whatever, and or the uh, what is it, the Scandinavian Swedish mm. bands that have the face paint and all that stuff, you know, and they have this soup, this image, and you see Iron Maiden and you know Steve Harris or Dave Murray, and they're smiling and yeah, 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 wearing shirts. They have their shirts tucked in. <laughs> I mean, they're they're proper. <laughs> no, I just I just you know the image of the guys totally doesn't match up with what you see on the album covers. And I think that's, it's pretty genius because it's amazing the following they have. And, and, and people, when you talk about Iron Maiden and you look at the, uh, the, the shirts, you know, you go, you go buy a t-shirt at the concert and you look at that and people, if they don't know what Iron Maiden sounds like, they think the same thing. They're like, you know, these must be, this must be some kind of satanic cult getting on stage and playing music and sacrificing goats and things, you know, they just, <laughs> you know, all of their, the imagery gives you an, like you said, even as an adult, you look at that and you think, well, I can understand why people, cause I don't really have any friends um, that like Iron Maiden. I mean, I have maybe one that, that I see occasionally that likes Iron Maiden, but most people, they look at it and they're going, you can see the double, the double looks when they see your t-shirt. So yeah, yeah. Um, my brother, one of my older brothers was always the same. He's like, Fargo, why are you always walking around with t-shirts with skulls on them? <laughs> I was like, it's Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, to the outsider looking in, it's almost like a keep out sign. Um, but when you're yes. in, when you're in, you're in. And I think you're in for life. Uh, I don't know too many casual Iron Maiden fans. I think they... they um, I think they suck you in and then it's kind of like you have to go on a, a journey of discovery and it, it, it becomes almost an obsession with a lot of people anyway, I've found. Yeah. It, it, well, let me ask you, um, living in Ireland, I know Ireland is, uh, you know, here I'm going to, I'm going to show my American stupidity. I'm, I'm slowly learning about yeah. Europe and, um, and uh, the, um, 
the whole everything that's going on over there with the with the empire as far as you know england and wales and scotland and everything how big is um how big is ireland as far as I radius think, oh jeez radius I, I haven't got a clue <laughs> <laughs> sorry um uh, but uh, like i think there's about 4.2 or 4 point something million people living in I, I was talking to you about this on Twitter, the difference between the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. I'm from the Republic of Ireland, which, right. is, just, which is just called Ireland. Um, and there's about 4.5, 4.2, 4 4.5 million people there, and there might be 1.5 million in the north. I think there's about 6 million people on the entire island. So there's obviously states in America that have far, far greater populations than the entire uh, island of Ireland. Um, so I, don't, I have no idea how, uh, what the... the the radius or whatever you're saying gotcha. is, but, um, and i hope you're not going to ask is me. it is it larger than england is it larger than england no i think england is bigger like you're talking about the part of great britain that is england uh i think england okay, is bigger okay. overall um yeah pretty sure uh is it though actually do you know what these are good questions no one's ever asked me that before um i, I would yeah I, I would wager that england is bigger in size in in, in landmass than ireland uh, obviously the island of great britain is much bigger than ireland it's about twice the size at least sure um, but uh yeah it's um it is, it is a very small country and um uh i don't well, know what what was your why why were you asking anyway out of interest i'm trying to remember what you asked no i was um because i guess I don't know how small the area is over there, so I don't know if you're walking around. And do you, if you were okay, let's say you go out somewhere and it's not 2020. Let's pretend it was a year ago, and you could actually walk around and live your life. Would you would you just run into people with with maiden shirts on very often around? Because I never see anybody. It, okay, I told a story on my podcast. The uh, 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 September, I believe it was September 21st of 2019. Me and my daughter went and we saw the Legacy the Beast tour. Yeah, and I'm there, and there's there's fourteen thousand nine hundred ninety nine other people there bes besides us. Yeah, and I'm looking around, and I'm going, okay, everyone's here. We're all going crazy. We're all everyone's wearing Iron Maiden shirts. Where are these people? Who are these people? I mean, I don't know any of them, and and there yet yet there's there's you know fifteen thousand of them congregated together in yeah. one night. Yeah, and uh, I, I I actually had the exact same uh, conversation with Jarvis Letterby from Night Demon a couple of months ago, uh, and I was saying the same thing. So in Ireland, if Iron if Iron Maiden play Ireland, the last time they played, they played at the Three Arena, which is about thirteen thousand people, and they sold it out. Okay, and uh, you do yeah. see some people with Iron Maiden T-shirts because Dublin is a capital city, so you know, you know, all of the trendy, cool, hip, or various different subcultures but all congregate in the city centre to some degree. So you would see some people with Iron Maiden t-shirts all right, but very few. And um, when 13,000 of them appear out of the woodwork, I'm exactly the same as you are. I'm sitting there going, where are all these people? And why don't I know them? And <laughs> why don't I associate with them? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but like, but you uh, met... Um... Sorry, go on. No, you said, I, I know the, the story, I know I've heard this on Talking Maiden, and I know that uh, you told me as well, but you you met at a random bar, or were you at the Cart and Horses? Is that where you met? Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, so this is, yeah, it's a funny story, um, so I had listened to one or, no, maybe four or five episodes of Talking Maiden, um, before I went over to London, um, it was because Night Demon posted it up on their Facebook page, Jarvis Letterby put up that he had appeared on this podcast called Talking Maiden. I listened to that episode and I was like, this is pretty good. And I went to listen to about three or four more. And then I was in the Carton Horses 
uh, because we went, me and my wife at the time and a few friends went over to see um, Iron Maiden uh, two years ago. And um, there was these three guys at a table and the Final Frontier album was playing front to back in the Carton Horses. And they were singing along to like the Talisman and, and, and the kind of obscure Iron Maiden songs that, you know, regular, you know, um, Fairweather fans wouldn't know. And they were singing along to all these lyrics. And I was kind of sitting there going, I want to sit with those guys. <laughs> they look like they're having a great time. <laughs> and um, then we were actually in the toilet uh, and we were at the urinal. <laughs> and it was who I came, out, how came to learn was Josh was wearing a Talking Maiden t-shirt. And Josh was standing to the left of me and Nesbitt was standing to the right of me. And Josh was wearing a That's Talking funny. Maiden t-shirt. And I was like, are you the two lads who do the Talking Maiden podcast? They were like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no way. I've listened. I've listened to it. Uh, so we ended up going over and sitting with them. And I've actually been basically chatting to Nesbitt ever since. Um, I got his like, yeah. contact details on that trip. And chatting to Josh a bit as well. More so Nesbitt. Um, but yeah, that was just a complete chance meeting. And the other guy they were speaking with, uh, Andrew, um, I still keep in contact with him as well. So that was a, a good weekend for meeting Iron Maiden fans and people I, I still talk to to this day. Um, so yeah, just for anyone listening there, Dave or Dave, Steve, I, for some reason in my head, I almost call you Uncle Dave all the time, and I don't know why. Is, it, <laughs> is there a famous Uncle Dave or something? Um, well, let's see. Some kind of well, American. There used to be a uh, there used to be a guy in America named Super Dave Osborne that was a uh, he was kind of like a almost a, if you know who Evil Can Evil was, I do. Yeah, heard I of do. him. <laughs> he was he was he was almost like a joke version of Evil Can Evil. Okay. His name was Super Dave Osborne. He would do, like, he would go on talk shows and he would do these really bad stunts. And he'd go, "Oh yeah, here's a video of me doing this." And he, you know, be jumping something in his motorcycle and he'd crash or something like that. So just it was more okay. hilarity. But yeah, that's the only Super Dave I can, or the only Dave, and it's not even Uncle Dave. <laughs> no, I, I, in my head, I keep thinking you're called Uncle Dave. I don't know why. Anyway, Steve has just switched over to his headset, so there might be a bit of a change in the audio there. We had some few, few technical issues at the start, but it's all it's all good now. And uh, so we were just talking about. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I was, I was talking about Iron Maiden milestones. I'd say meeting Nesbitt and Josh was certainly a milestone in my life, um, which really, I, I just chatted to Nesbitt yesterday for nearly two hours uh, in an episode that will be oh, up next cool. week. Uh, we, were, we were, on the surface, we were reviewing the, um, the new live album, but really we were just talking about Iron Maiden for about two hours. And um, I... Uh, but then it took over, but then Iron Maiden takes over. <laughs> yeah, but I think like... Chance meeting them made me listen to that podcast more. I don't know if I would have continued listening to it all every single episode. I'm not sure. And then because of meeting them and listening to that podcast, I kind of was formulating the idea in my head to start my own heavy metal podcast. So I wanted to ask you, actually, was there um, a particular t- uh, event that happened in your life that made you say, fuck it, I'm going to do my own heavy metal podcast? <laughs> um, funny enough, it's... For years, I've loved, okay, I've loved metal and I've been into rock probably, I think I figured this out. I don't know if you've listened to my most recent episodes, but as I've talked to people, I've kind of said, you know, I like to ask people, what were you listening to before you hit Iron Maiden? When I do these, um, uh, these episodes with people and I'll say, what were you listening to before that? And so I was trying to think about what I listened to and I got to a point where I said, I said, okay, um, what I was listening to was a band and I, and it's almost embarrassing to say it when I think about it, but then I think about it I'm like, I really don't care. I don't mind embarrassing myself. I was like, so I said, I had this cassette by a band called the Thompson twins. And, oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so 
but, but probably from 85 on, 84, 85, because I looked up and that cassette came out in 84. So it had to have been 84 and 85 is when that transition was happening to me. So if I ever say earlier than that, it's a total lie or misinformation. But <laughs> so for the la- probably the last, yeah, yeah, fake <laughs> news. <laughs> so probably for the last five years, um, I, I, my job uh, as a, uh, my real job, I wish this was my real job, but my real job, I drive a, uh, I drive an 18 wheeler truck for a, a company called UPS, uh, right. which I don't know if they have UPS over there. They do. But, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I, I transport uh, big, you know, the big long trailers full of packages from one UPS facility to another. And so I have lots and lots of time on my hands to think. And I just started thinking about it. And even before I was doing that, I was talking to a friend about, you know what, I want to do a podcast one day. We were, and we were talking originally about doing kiss. We we're going to yeah. do a kiss podcast because kiss podcasts seemed to be all the rage back then. There was a ton of them out there and I was a big kiss fan. And, and so for years, I just talked it probably from about 2014 forward. I just talked about doing a podcast and thought about it. And what do I want to do? Who would, what would I want to be? I never thought about what would I call it or mm. never did any research as to what do I need to have to start up and, and finding your, uh, you know, your job. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I haven't had a lot of sleep in the last couple of days here. Uh, you know, getting your, like a picture for your podcast page and your logo and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me use the correct word artwork. Um, mm. but so yeah, it was probably f- four or five years of just talking about it with people. And I'm sure people got sick of listening. Okay. Funny thing. <laughs> my wife, my wife sent me a picture earlier, a Facebook memory, and it was from 2016. And, and she just said, Looking forward to when my husband gets his podcast going. He's got a lot of great things to say, which if she knew I was going to be talking about Iron Maiden, she probably wouldn't have posted that. <laughs> but, um, but it was years. It was really years of me wanting to do it. And, and I actually, there's a podcast that I listen to. Um, I won't, I don't want to name it, but uh, because it's probably not, I don't have a ton of nice things that I would say about it, but okay. But it was a podcast that used, there was a, um, what is it called? Anchor. Uh, you know, there's Anchor is one of the uh, podcast hosting uh, sites yeah. or something like that. And this guy was using Anchor and and um, I shouldn't say I don't like it. I just I just don't get to listen to it as much. And he doesn't record episodes very much. But um, he talked about, hey, if you ever wanted to start a podcast, all you got to do is go on here. You can start recording from there. The so- they, Everything is there. You record there, you upload it there, and then bam, it's, it's on Apple, it's on Spotify. It's, and I just thought, maybe I could actually do this. And this was yeah. in 2000, uh, late 2019. And I was sorry. It just kind of, so then I, I remember I, I wrote that, I wrote that site down and I went home and started doing a little bit of research. And from there it, it, it happened really fast. And then it was like, Oh man, okay. I'm going to, then I thought, Oh, well, what am I going to call the show? Cause once you put something out there, it's out there. And they're like, uh, okay, cool. I'm, Oh wait, now I got to come up with artwork and I'm trying to work with people on getting artwork. Cause I'm like, I don't know how to do anything. I'm just a, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm like a four. Have you ever seen the movie Forrest Gump? Of course. <laughs> you know, there's one line from Forrest Gump that I really, uh, I can really identify with. I'm not a smart man, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. you know, and, but, uh, you know, that, that happened. Um, and my first, ep- and I started, you know, chatting a little, I started, you know, I think uh, Nesbitt, I probably sent him a message or two asking him a couple of questions. And there was a couple of other podcasts that I would just kind of say, Hey, if you're getting started this and, and they'd give me a little bit of, cause they don't know me and they'd give me little bits of information. And then, 
but you kind of figure it out as you go. Oh, I have to have a hosting site. Oh, I have to pay. I have yeah. to pay to put this up. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. And, and then just, and then the, of course the editing and all that stuff that goes in. But yeah, that was for me, it was hearing that on a podcast, but I had been thinking about it for years and years and years. And I, I hate that it took me so long to get going. So one last thing I'll tell you though, uh, about, I know you're probably thinking this guy won't shut up <laughs> no. one. There's a, there's a phrase that I use and, and you know how people will say, Oh, well to make a long story short, mine is to make a short story long. You ask me one simple question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, you've got, um, let's go back to, to Iron Maiden milestones in your life. So you've got uh, peace of mind. Uh, you've listened to that. You got your live after death uh, tape for, um, for doing the, uh, writing the, 10 page front and back uh, assignment for the person uh, after, a lot of, that's more like 20 pages 20 pages yeah <laughs> after that then what happened where, where did you go next did you did you start buying the albums did you go see them live what happened next um to the best of my knowledge the next thing that came along i don't because because i don't know exactly when it was that i wrote that paper it could have been because i believe it could have been 86 when this happened i don't know if it was 85 or 86 but i believe somewhere in time came out in september of 86 Okay. So yeah, this probably wasn't then this is probably, okay. So somewhere in time came out and I'm, and I could be wrong. It might be December of 86 on that, but I don't remember. But the next thing that I recall happening was getting somewhere in time and, you know, you turn it on and, and, and it has that, you know, the, um, the guitar sense that fade in and it starts playing. I'm just listening to it and I'm going, wow, this is, this is, new this is new for me and at the time i wasn't thinking too much about it but i just remember listening to it and just being blown away blown away at how incredibly good this album was and and how much different iron maiden sounded and oddly enough the next year and i discovered this probably this year iron maiden played okay when iron maiden tours the united states they don't generally play a show in, in the area that I live and then go all over the United States, East coast, West coast, mm. and then end up coming back and playing another show in a month. It just doesn't, it's never happened that I know except on the somewhere in time tour, they played a show at a, at an at a big arena, which unfortunately has been torn down and is nothing at this point. Okay. I saw many great shows there, but um, 37 days later, they came back and played a small, arena and both of these places were 50 miles from where I lived. Of course yeah. I was 14 years old, did not have the internet. I wasn't getting emails from anybody telling me, Hey, our maiden's coming back. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, hearing somewhere in time. It, okay. Well, when I heard that, it really, nowadays I heard it and I was like, Oh my God, Iron Maiden played two shows on somewhere in time tour 50 miles from where I lived. And I knew nothing about either one of them and didn't get to attend, you know, but Hearing somewhere in time was that was the first thing I got. And I don't, you know, a lot of people that I talk to, they got, they have this great memory of, oh yeah, I got this album first. Then I remember I went and got number of the beast and I went and got peace of mind. And, and I have no real kind of memory of doing that. I remember getting somewhere in time and I'm sure I must've started working on the other albums, but I don't really have a recollection of that's, a, that's why it's a huge milestone is because it came out, I got it. And I was just a lot of people, if you talk to Maiden fans that probably started earlier than I did, started um, either with the Paul Diano era or the number of the beasts, a lot of people or some people will say when Somewhere in Time came out, they were kind of put back 
or yeah. put off to it because of the guitar sense and things. And I don't remember feeling that way when I heard it because it was my first one, but I just remember just, oh my God, this is incredible. And it's still, it's an incredible album. Yeah, but it was such a huge leap forward in terms of sound, definitely, and, and their approach to songs as well. It was just, it sounds radically different to um, Power Slave, I will say. Uh, um, but I, I have a similar story with Brave Power New World. Even, yeah, yeah. I remember when I heard Brave New World, like, so I had the best of the BCD and uh, I bought Killers and Brave New World on the same day. And when I stuck on Brave New World, I was like, this is unbelievable. Like this, to me, that sounded so <laughs> yeah. fresh and so different to anything else that, they, uh, that I had heard them do. Uh, other people said it sounded derivative. And like, I don't think that at all. <laughs> I think it sounds oh, wow. completely fresh. Um, I just remember reviews yes. I read, read in later years where they're like, they're uh, ripping off their own riffs. And I was like, I don't hear any of that. All I hear is new, brilliant music. So uh, it sounds like you had a similar experience with uh, Somewhere in Time. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and how would someone? I don't know what someone would say they were ripped. The only thing they ripped off on Brave New World was um, uh, the Beckett song. When you listen to Nomad, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the word the word that wouldn't come to you when you were chatting to Melissa. Uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I've looked it up and listened to the song since then, and I'm just like. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no, they definitely did rip that off. Okay, so I'm going to ask, I, I know, again, you've, you've covered this, but again, just for um, the story, when did you actually first see them live then? So somewhere in time is 86. You're probably, uh, I don't know exactly how old you are, but I'm guessing you're in your teens around that time maybe. Um, so, I was uh, 16 years old. I, um, I must have been working because I don't know that my parents were going to just go and buy me, you know, spend the $20 on an Iron Maiden c- ticket. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that inc- it's incredible to think I paid like t- probably $20 for an Iron Maiden ticket to go to this show. And we had like, probably we were in the first 20 rows. Yeah. So nowadays that would cost you probably, I don't even know. I don't, I pay the last show I went to me and my daughter, uh, the legacy of the beast. I think the tickets were $150 a piece and we were in the second section back. We weren't even in, down in the front section. So I know. Yeah. But yeah. They, uh, Sorry, it it was the Seventh Son of a Seventh Son tour. Um, The opening band was a band called Fraley's Comet, which, if you're familiar with Kiss, that was a that was Ace Fraley's solo band. Yeah. So as as a Kiss fan, it was kind of a a little bit of a double shot getting to see Ace Fraley without makeup live, and hear him play a couple of Kiss songs. But I have really no recollection of that of Ace playing at all. I, I know he was there. So next, you know, but, but the, but the, obviously the biggest thing happens next, um, the lights go down and I don't remember if they played on that tour, you know, now it's, it's always, you know, you hear doctor, doctor, yeah. and then they play some kind of, you know, which now they play the, at least on legacy, they played the little Churchill speech thing. And I don't know what they did mm. as an intro, but I just know the seven deadly sins, that whole part starts and you're just going, you know, you're, you're waiting and it's exciting. And, you know, you're just, this is only my um, third concert. But then, so this is only my third show I'm seeing when I'm seeing Iron Maiden. And they came on, and I just remember, you know, they, um, you know, that whole buildup, that dun, dun, and then when Bruce comes on, I am he, the bornless one. And he just, and they just, you know, it was like an explosion comes. They come running onto the stage and it was just like, it was electric. It was just, it was incredible. It was, that's definitely, Oh man, it was awesome. So yeah, that's another huge event for me. <laughs> yeah, and is that, I think that, is that, oh no, wait, they played Seventh Son of the Seventh Son on the Made in England tour, I think, where I went, to, I went to see them. Did you see them on that tour? Like the 2013, 2012, 2014 tour? Yes. Did yes. they play Seventh Son again on that? 
Yes. They did. Okay. Yeah, they, uh, they, they, they didn't play Infinite Dreams. That's the right. one that they left out, which... Okay, yeah. But I was just going to say, the set list you would have got then at the actual original Seven Son tour was brilliant. I think they were playing Still Life and The Prisoner, and then all the songs mm-hmm. from Seven Son of a Seven Son. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's one I'm, I'm envious of. Obviously, I was, I was three years old at the time, so I couldn't have gone. <laughs> Why weren't you there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what kind of fan are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you even uh, like Iron Maiden? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a fraud. Um, okay, so brilliant. So, like, what? I think you've said you've seen them eight times in total. Is that, is that am I right with that? Mm, I've seen them, let's see, I'm going to count. I've seen them on the Seventh Sun, uh, No Prayer Tour, uh, Fear of the Dark. Um, I saw, I saw them on the Brave New World Tour, although I really, at that point, I wasn't into Maiden as much. I was more there to see Rob Halford from Judas Priest, but I did see them on that tour. I didn't leave early or anything. Um, The next show I saw was the Made in England tour that they did. And for me, I saw it in 2012, uh, which is a pretty cool story. I can tell a little bit later. Um, 2012. Then I saw the Book of Souls tour, and then I saw the Legacy of the Beasts. So that's seven shows. Seven, okay. I'm trying to think if I've seen more. Seven deadly shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I've seen any more. I, I, if unless one is slipping my mind, that's all I've seen. Okay. I, sorry, I knew it was around that. So um, over a period of, so you, you kind of you, did you drop out of um, your like kind of Iron Maiden fandom in the '90s? I don't I don't hear any X Factor or, or um, Virtual Eleven tours. Yeah, you, you, yeah. That um, they. You know, Bruce, Bruce, you know, obviously Bruce left the band and that, and I don't remember that bothering me a lot, but I just remember, um, I remember hearing the X factor when it came out, at least what I remember hearing is I remember sign of the cross. That's the, obviously the standout. So I remember hearing that in 1995, I went through a phase in my life and, but I, I got, I got pretty religious for a while and, okay. and I didn't listen to music as much. I didn't go to see shows as much. Not that I'm not that I would consider myself an unbeliever at this point in my life, but at a certain point in my life, I felt like there was a need for me to do that because I had um, some instances happen. I had a couple of of pretty uh, I had some rage instances in my life that I felt like were tied to music. And so I really felt like for me, I needed to kind of just back away for a while. And and it was a pretty good while. It was about 14 or 15 years. So back about 2009. Yeah. And I know. Talking, it's weird to me to say this to someone because you, okay, you have said you're an atheist. Is that correct? Is that right? Am I right yeah, there? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So saying this to someone who's an atheist uh, sounds probably kind of funny, but I really felt like in 2009 that um, because I, I, I definitely don't want to get religious here because okay. uh, <laughs> I, I, I have a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of changes in the way I believe things over the last uh, probably 11 years since this happened. But there was a time where I really felt, you know, that you kind of get taught or you get told or, or um, and it, they embed it in your brain. Well, you know, you can't listen to that stuff. You're going to go to hell for that, you know, kind of things like that. And which I have a, a memory from being in, uh, what, I don't know, y'all probably don't, what do you call, schooling over there like for us we have elementary school which is your first six years then mm-hmm. we have junior high which is your next three and then you have high school so i was in junior high so i was about the, probably 84 85 and okay. i remember some girl at school telling me that i was going to go to hell for listening to kiss so <laughs> that whole mindset there's there's a i mean it's a huge subculture type of thing of people that believe that way 
But I believe, okay, I'm going a long way. Like I told you, I, I go a long way telling these things. Oh, carry on. So it, in 2009, I do remember at some point, in my, and I believe that God spoke to me and just said, you're not going to go to hell for listening to Metallica. That was the, that's what I remember hearing. And I was just kind of like, it was just like, immediately I was just like, oh, wow. Cause, and there's a whole lot of other stuff that goes along with that, that I won't get into. Um, but ever since that day, I just, I, I got back, I just started working my way back into, into music and, and to everything that I, you know, love to this day. And, and I don't know, I guess I just maybe needed that time. But for me, that was when I stopped, I stopped it. I listened to it and I never, I didn't hear the X factor for years and years and years, but I did hear sign of the cross and I'd heard the X factor when it came out. I'm sorry. I did I meant virtual 11. I didn't mean the X factor. Yep, I didn't yep. hear virtual 11 for years, but I did hear the X factor when it came out. I heard brave new world when it, I mean, so I was hearing the stuff for, I mean, it's not like I was completely shut off to everything, but, but it just didn't, it didn't hit me the same way for a little while. Like, and then dance of death and you know, that came out and I just, I was put off by the album cover. Just like, I think a lot of people were. And yeah. And you add that you add wildest dreams is not wildest dreams to me is the weakest that could be the weakest opener of any Iron Maiden album ever. I don't know. That's a good, that's probably a good uh, topic for a show or something, but <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I, yeah I, I, as I said on my own episode recently, I, I don't really like that song at all. And I think you're right. I can't think of anything weaker off the top of my head. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, yeah. Yeah. But that's, so I heard that. I remember when dance of death came out, I remember hearing wildest dreams and you know, just even the way I love Nico, but starting it off with him doing one, a two, a one, two, three, four. And then it goes in and it's, I, I'm discovering, I, I like darker things. I like song wise. I like, I like stuff that's in um, minor keys as opposed to major keys. And you know, that's one reason like, can I play with madness? Isn't quite as high for me because it's, it just sounds really happy. Yeah. And Wildest dreams sounds really happy too. And I like the message behind the song, but I just, I think that plays into another reason I don't care for it as much too. So yeah, I just tell sorry you. to go on that. Uh, <laughs> sorry to all around there. So. Well, I, I certainly wasn't expecting uh, um, that length of an answer and finding God and all that, but uh, yeah, good, good stuff there. <laughs> um, right. So, um, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh <laughs> they're fine uh, so you're back listening to Iron Maiden and going to shows and everything now um, so you've got the podcast you had tickets you went to see Legacy of the Beast would you have any shows that were cancelled that you couldn't go to this year uh, because of the, the coronavirus I was actually I don't know if I could have done it or not but I was looking into well I was looking to coming over across the pond over there and trying to see a show in England I know Donington I, I was kind of looking into that yeah um as far as maiden shows goes, uh, I, I did have a couple of concerts that I had tickets for over here in the States that got canceled because of all that. But I was really seriously thinking about coming overseas and seeing something. And of course, you know, once everything happened, it just really put the, what they call it, the kibosh on that. So, yeah, uh, I, I had tickets to download as well. I, I've been twice before, so this would have been my third time. Uh, but w- my friends and I swore after 2016 that, that, that the headliners that year were Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath and Ramstein. Uh, we swore after that year we oh, would wow. never, we would never go again because the place is an absolute swamp when it rains. And I've never experienced uh, as bad weather for four days in a row as I have at download 2016. Bruce even called it the downpour festival from the stage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> download. <laughs> but uh, I swore I'd can, never go back. I, 
Go on. Can I ask you a question about, about download? Hmm. Okay. So you went, you go there. It was a four day festival. What do you do? Do you stay in a hotel? Do you sleep on site? How's that work? Uh, in 2016, we camped in the campsite. So it was two tents. It was me and two friends who were a couple. Uh, and then actually a couple of the Swedish guys as well. Actually, there were six of us. Um, but the, uh, we, the first three of us arrived. Oh no, I arrived first on my own. Then everyone else arrived later. So there were six of us uh, and there was actually four tents. Um, but I set up my tent when it was dry. And then uh, my friend Kevin set up his tent just as it started to piss rain and he got absolutely soaked and saturated and the inside of his tent was full of rain. <laughs> and it was just like that for oh, the next no. the next three or four days. Uh, it was horrendous. I had to go home stinking of, you know, festival and all of my clothes oh, were covered in, covered in mud. I remember throwing loads of my clothes in the bin in the airport because they were just, <laughs> I didn't even want to put them near my washing machine. <laughs> and, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, wow. it was just, and then I lost my keys and I couldn't get into the apartment. It was just horrific. But then the, the lineup was so good this year. They had um, Iron Maiden, Kiss, and uh, System of a Down were the three headliners. We were just like, right. uh, may, maybe it'll be sunny this year. Fingers crossed. Maybe. How was... Uh, I, I'm, I'm not really a fan of... Uh, I have a friend, he says like, Rammstein or Rammstein. But how are they? Because I've seen just videos of their shows and it looks really... It looks like a show you'd want to see even if you don't... Listen to the music. Do you know what? Um, I actually thought they were quite boring, and uh, I really yes, oh, wow. I, like to me, I've seen fire, I've seen explosions. It doesn't impress me anymore. <laughs> like you know, it's like if somebody sh- showing you a card trick. You know, I mean, okay, you're gonna find my card in the deck. Yeah, well, I guess well done. So. Like I've seen all that, and so I think the the music is. Just, you didn't think they take? You didn't think they take it to another level? No, I didn't care, but I, but I'm not a fan oh, wow. either. Like so, like I'm, I'm not really a fan, and I just felt that. Firstly, the lyrics are in German, so I couldn't really get into that. Yeah. Secondly, I thought the songs, and this is going to sound really ignorant, I suppose, to somebody who's a big Ramstein fan, but all the songs just blended into one for me. And I was like, after mm. the first ten explosions, I was like, right, how much longer of this do we have to watch? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. That's good. okay. Well, that's understandable, I guess. I. I've just, I've only, and I've only probably watched a cup. They have that, they have a song called, I think it's called Do Host. Maybe that's their big song, but I watched a, a live video of it and I was just like, wow, these guys look like, I'm, I'm still like that. Um, I'm not a smart man, you know, take it back to Forrest Gump. And yeah. so I, I'm always blown away by, I love watching explosions and fireworks things and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So that's okay. That's cool though. I'd well, go into a show like a big show like that doesn't seem to, appeal to me like I talk to people about going when they went and saw monsters of rock back in you know with iron maiden back in 92 and it's just i'm just like i don't know that i want to be in a crowd of fifty thousand people i just I just yeah. I don't know that there's not an appeal I, I want a seat that i can go up to and sit in that's mine <laughs> well yeah, yeah you're not going to get that at download um and it's more like eighty thousand people uh, rather than 150 oh, wow. um yeah no like I, I don't really like the big massive shows either but there's just a certain special drawing power for Donnington or, or download with Iron Maiden that I think it'll suck me in every time no matter what I say to myself I'll, I'll still go and see them uh, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. look like they're doing it next year anyway so um, they're not on they're Biffy Clyro are now on the lineup yeah. Yeah. so that's yeah I, I'll say I, I would um, I would not turn it down if someone said hey do you want to go to download and see Iron Maiden I'm certainly not going to turn it down but um, I talked to a guy from South America and he was explaining the way their crowds are he said it's almost like the best analogy I could use is it's almost like 
getting in a, a large body of water and the, and you just go kind of where the water takes you. You don't get to uh, choose. And he said, you know, in those South American crowds, you get it and you almost get caught up off your feet. And you're just kind of yeah. moving around wherever it takes you. And I just said, I don't, I don't know that I want to do that. I want to be in a crowd like that because I want to hear everyone singing the guitar parts and all that, but I don't, I, I, that seems dangerous to me. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I have a friend who went to see, he was living in uh, Argentina and he was in near, I think he was in Buenos Aires and uh, it was in 2010 or 11. They were doing the final frontier tour, maybe 2011. And I was telling him here, Iron Maiden are playing Buenos Aires and they're filming and recording both of these shows, the one in Santiago and Chile as well uh, for, for a DVD. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't going to go. And then he was like, oh, fuck it. Okay, I'll go. So he went on a, a bus, uh, picked up a, a ticket that he bought online. He said it was the flimsiest looking ticket he's ever bought in his life. It looked completely fraudulent <laughs> and fake. And then went on a bus for like yeah. eight hours to wherever the, the bloody concert was. Um, and uh, said it was one of the best gigs he's ever been to in his life. But then they only ended up using the footage from Chile for the, for the on vivo DVD. But uh, it just said it was uh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I'd say it was just the experience was, was great. Like, oh, I bet. I bet. All right. That's um, phenomenal. <laughs> So, uh, I know you like lots of other um, big rock acts that I also like as well. You've, you've talked, and, talked about and done episodes on Alice Cooper, Ozzy Osbourne, Wasp, Kiss, and others. And I was going to ask you, these all seem like acts that um, you probably got into when you were much younger. Do you keep up with current or modern bands, and is there anyone that's only just had one or two albums out that you listen to actively? Oh, gosh. Um... I wonder if I can pull it up. I'll tell you what, uh, one new band that I have found recently, and funny enough, I have a friend that lives in New Zealand, but I had a, a friend that lives in some little, uh, little just podunk go nowhere town in Texas that told me about this band. There's a band called Alien Weaponry. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're from uh, New Zealand. Uh, no, they're, um, <laughs> I don't think I have. They're, um, <laughs> It's it's like a, it, they're a trio. It's it's two brothers. There's a brother. One guy plays guitar and sings. One guy plays drums and sings backgrounds. And then they have a bass player, obviously. And they're heavy. They've actually played. Uh, they played Download in 2019. The the oldest member of their band when they played Download. And this is this is fascinating to me. The oldest member of their band was 19 years old when they played Download. Oh wow. So yeah, but. But they are from um, they're from a, a, a small town in northern New Zealand. Um, I can't think of the name of it, but they sing in uh, English and in um, oh, what's the other what's the language they have now? My friend's gonna be uh, he won't like that. I can't remember it. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head here. But they sing in like a native language that like for what we would call over here Native Americans. So it's mm. um, but because they have that heritage. And so yep. some of their songs, they, they go back and forth between England, uh, English and, and that language. Uh, it's a, uh, it's called Ma- it's, it's Maori, but, the, but it's, I think you're supposed to say it with a roll of your R like Maori, something okay. like that. Very good. I could, I could be botching that, but some of their songs, <laughs> some of their songs are uh, completely in that language. And some of them are in completely in English and some are a mix. And even when they have songs in that other language, they're really, really good. Um, matter of fact, they're doing a tour right now. They are like now talking November, December, 2019. They're doing a tour in New Zealand and my friend's going to get to go see him here like in a week. And I'm like super, super jealous. But, um, I just found them recently. Uh, another band that I'm just now discovering. I just, um, 
my friend from New Zealand uh, played them for me. They're a band based in England, I believe. They're called Dream Troll. Have you ever oh, heard of them? Yes, I have. I really like them. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, I'm I'm like listening to it, and I'm really really liking. I I, I need to. I'm going to order. I, I looked on their on their uh, site. They've got like I think either three albums or an album and a couple of EPs and whatever it is. There's three things of music that I can buy, and I'm going to get them because I was really. I uh, really enjoyed hearing them. They have the really cool sound. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I actually should. I'm gonna. Should, sorry, I should have been seeing them this year. There, there's a festival in uh, England in Bradford called uh, Manorfest, and they were playing one night. Uh, um, and Visigoth as well should have been playing, but unfortunately, it's been delayed till next year. I think I saw you made a comment about that. I think I saw a comment you had made about that. Oh, on um, Twitter, yeah, Twitter with I'm, the singer. I'm scrolling through my or the the guitarist. Yeah. I'm scrolling through my iTunes right now and uh, just trying to look at different things that I might be listening to here. Um, I don't know if you're into Blaze Bailey's solo material. Oh yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I've yeah. really gotten into his solo. It's okay. really good. I mean, especially the, the his last three, the Infinite Entanglement albums. Those are really, really good. Um, I'm scrolling through here to see if there's anything else modern that. I mean, I listen to a, most of the bands I listen to tend to be like you said, older bands that maybe put out new material. Like there's a band. Uh, you ever heard of Metal Church? I have. I saw them a couple of years ago, yeah. Okay. Them, I, I mean, I've, I've bought, they've, they've had a couple new albums out in the last few years. Um, who else here? I don't know. I, I don't, I hate to say it, you know, that I've turned into one of those guys that just listens to what he listened to growing up, but um, I don't tend to hear a lot of new stuff that I like a whole lot. So hearing alien weaponry this year and uh and that band dream troll just finding a couple of new bands is really really exciting so okay good stuff i i I, it leads into my last kind of question i wanted to ask you so um it's about digital music and how you listen to things so you're scrolling through your itunes there uh so you said you're 48 but you obviously come from the era of physical media talking about saving up Mm -hmm. to buy a record going to the record store that type of thing and now we live in the era of an abundance of content like you've got streaming itunes spotify uh, even television has changed completely netflix um digital recording uh, whatever you want there's just more content than you could ever possibly consume and i was just wondering do you prefer the availability of everything at the touch of a fingertip like your itunes or spotify or whatever or did you prefer when Albums were uh, special events that you would go down to the record store to buy and you would consume the entire album and you mightn't have too many of them. Um, and they, like, do you, which, which do you prefer now? The availability of content or what, the old days of going and buying records or albums? Okay, that's a, that's a... I'll give you the short answer, which for me will be a long answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, okay, going back to that time, it was always cool to... Um, know that an album was coming out and go wait. I remember one night and this is, I don't know if this is the right date, but for some reason, November 16th, 1991, maybe I don't think that's the right date, but 1991, whatever it is, Ozzy Osbourne had an album called no more tears that came out. And the Mm. same exact day guns and roses released their, uh, use your illusion one and two albums. And they opened the stores at midnight Oh yeah. Everything got released on a, on a Tuesday. That was the release day back in, back in those days. So they opened the store at midnight. So you could go in at midnight and buy. And I remember buying the Aussie album and both of the guns and roses. albums like that. That kind of experience is pretty much, it's pretty much gone. Yeah. And that really sucks. Cause that, that was, 
it's kind of like used to the way you used to get concert tickets. You would go and we, we would go here and you'd, you'd go to a mall and you would, there was a, the store that sold them here. One of the stores was called Sears and it was a department store. You'd go out there and you'd be waiting outside of Sears, waiting for them to open at 10 o'clock and they'd open those doors and you'd go in there to the, to the, uh, you know, the desk and you'd say, I need four for Iron Maiden. I need four for Kiss, whatever it was. And you, you know, luck of the draw, get your tickets. And so things like that are gone too. You don't have that event anymore. So now like here, I'll go with the most recent example. Iron Maiden announced in, October, I guess it was October or maybe it was September, whenever it was, they announced we're going to put a new live album out. Mm. You can go on our website. You can pre-order it. Here's all the packages. Here's everything you can get. So I go on there immediately. Of course I do an Iron Maiden podcast. I mean, it's almost, I have to do it at this point, but I would have done it anyway. So I go on there. I order everything. This is, there's like you said, there's no store experience. I want, okay. I do want, I want physical copies. I will buy a physical copy of every album. I've been doing that anytime someone releases a new album, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just, I'm not going to go. Now, but the bad thing about that experience that they have it now is it is where I'm sitting. It is Friday. The Iron Maiden album that I ordered a month and a half ago came out last Friday, seven days ago. And there was two ways to order it. Order the full package, which came with the triple vinyl but they also released a colored vinyl of it and the colored vinyl you had to buy separately. So I bought that separately as well. Well, the triple vinyl, the CD, all the goodies that came with it, I still don't have, (laughs) I still haven't got it a week later. It's still not. And I know other people that my friend in New Zealand says that there's not even his stuff hasn't even shipped yet. At least mine says it's shipped. So yeah. But I did, I did get the, the, the order that I did separately. I've got that vinyl, but you know, I don't have a vinyl player in my car. I don't know if, if they have those over there in Ireland <laughs> No, but, and I'm not going to listen. And, and I don't use Spotify. I have a Spotify account. I just don't really use it. It's very, very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So that's part of the answer here. Um, I do love the medium of having YouTube at your fingertips where if I'm scrolling on Twitter and you know, I follow a lot of music pages and, and they'll, sometimes they'll post these, like a picture of some album cover by a band we were talking about where you look at and go, oh mm. my God, those guys got to be the heaviest band in the world. But I like to go and sometimes just I'll pop on YouTube and go, what does, and um, I can't even think of a band's name, but what does this band sound like? And I'll go on there and I play it and I'm like, oh, it's terrible. But at least I didn't have to go buy it to find that out. I love having music at your fingertips. You know, you can go find uh, bootlegs on YouTube from concerts. You can you can hear anything on there. And I, I love, I love the S I love that. I love that that is available to us. But as far as getting an album and listening to it, cause I still haven't heard that new iron maiden live album. It's a yeah. week later. And I've just, I've reserved myself to, I want to get it. I want to, and, and oddly enough, what I'm going to do is I'm going to burn it to my iTunes and then I'm going to put it on my phone and then I'll just do it on my phone with my headphones on. And, but I'll listen to the whole thing. I'm going to listen to it from front to back, the whole album, all at once, just like I would have when I was 14 years old and I got a, you know the Somewhere in Time cassette and I played it and listened to the whole album and then turned it over and turned, pulled the cassette out. I might have had one of those fancy cassette players where it just automatically flipped the cassette for me. Mm. But um, <laughs> what, what, yeah, whatever it was... I like having a product. I like getting a CD and opening the booklet. I like getting an album and opening it and looking at all the pictures and reading the liner notes. And 
And that's something that's really completely, for the most part, probably lost on the current generation. And I think a lot of people that are even your age is probably the very, the very end. Cause you're fifth. If you're, you're 34, 35. So yeah, that's right. You just hit 30. Oh, that's right. You just hit the new group, right? The 35 to 49 group. Now I've never <laughs> seen that too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But so you're, let's see if you're, if you're 14 years or 13 years younger than me, then, then yeah. So, so you were at the end of it in the nineties where you were still, where they were still releasing things before too much, before too much of the, um, the online stuff started. So, yeah. Is that, uh, is that a good answer or did I, did I answer no, no, what, what I take from your answer is that there's pros and cons to both. And that's really where I stand as well is that I, I miss the physical media and buying CDs. I used to love buying CDs. Like I still have hundreds of them here on my shelves in front of me and I'll never get rid of them because yeah. like it's my identity and my history in a physical representation or something. But, um, I, uh, I used to love it and I, I do miss that. But at the same time, I, I love the availability of things on Spotify. I use Spotify uh, rather than anything else. And I love that I can investigate a band. And I've discovered so many bands in the last two years from Spotify suggestions. So when you allow it to just keep suggesting you music after the album you've listened to is finished. Uh, And then I've gone to see gigs by those bands, bought t-shirts and spoken to some of them even on the podcast. So I don't think any of that would have happened without, without Spotify because I simply wouldn't have bought all of those albums. It just never would have happened or discovered them. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Okay. In Ireland, what is the, I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I ask a lot of uh, geography type questions just because I don't, yeah. I've never been over there. Do you live in a, where you live? Is it a small town or is it like a big suburb kind of town? Uh, I live in Dublin, so I'm not too far from the city center. So it's a um, suburb, like a, it's a, it's an apartment it's a massive area full of apartment blocks. That's where I live, uh, and it would be so. It's about, a big populated area, then. Yes, but I'm also near a very big park. Um, funnily enough, as well. But, okay, uh, cool. Yeah, um, yes. Well, so, so here's 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 what I was trying to get. I, I I wanted to see if you're in a smaller area or a bigger area. Um, how what kind of availability do you have for like a, a traditional record store in your area? I mean, is there one anywhere near you? Are there a lot of them near you, or what? Because over here, like. I know of two record stores and I live in a, I live in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, which probably has, uh, probably has at least half the population of Ireland in just a, in just a 50 mile radius. So, but there's only two record stores that I know of and the closest one is 30 miles away from me. So what is it like over there? All right. No, we, well, we're actually pretty spoiled. Um, I could get a bus now to Dublin city center and there are two tower records and um, they're independently owned, but they still use the name tower records uh, in okay. the city center in Dublin. And they're great music shops. They've almost a hundred percent switched to vinyl now as well. Like there's very few CDs, but uh, yeah, there's oh, two, wow. two of them in Dublin city center and there's a golden discs as well. That's just another music store uh, all in the city center. Now, lots of shops have closed down in the last few years. Like, at least 10 more yeah. have closed, but uh, there's still three pretty decent ones available in Dublin city center. Um, so I can go and buy a, a record or an album if I, if I want to. That's really awesome. I, 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 that was what someone suggested to me cause I've been, I've been doing a little bit of, you've probably seen it. I'm a little bit of online complaining <laughs> about yeah. the new album buyer. And, and someone said, well, why don't you find like a mom and pop type of local record store? Because, you could order it from them. And I just said, well, what about, can you order the whole package? Can you say, Hey, I want the max pack from there. Or mm. I don't know how that would work, but I really, that's another thing I miss is, and I did this 
actually, I think I did this in February, but right before everything, you know, right before the whole world shut down, I went to one of those record stores and this is an old, old school. It's been around, it's been around since the, it's just been around 30 years at least that I know of. And I mean, you go in there and they just have music memorabilia. They've got records, they've got CDs, they've got cassettes, they've got just everything as far back as, you know, probably Elvis Presley till the now. And I just miss going to a record store or whatever you want to call them, music store and just just perusing the aisles and look, just going, walking around and then you see a thing for Iron Maiden. Oh, let me just look through here. And then you, you don't know what you're going to find. It's a mystery. You get there and you, you'll find something you didn't even know. Sometimes you didn't even know existed. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Or you didn't know you wanted. I, yeah. That's more like it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you could do that. You get lost in a store like that and just spend, I can remember spending hours and hours and hours in stores that, and even when they went to all CDs back in the nineties, I can remember just going and, just starting at the letter A and I would go through everything in the entire, it'd be like a used store and I'd go mm. through everything and you just, and of course they'd have little listening stations. You could take the CD over and pop it on. Do I like this or not? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a bygone era now. I guess that's, I guess that's the, the, the whole gist of it right there. It sure is. And I think it's a nice note to end on as well. It's a bit of nostalgia for the old style records shop experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, look, uh, look, I'd like to thank you very much, uh, Steve, not Dave, for joining the call. Um, and uh, is there anywhere in particular people can get you online? Um, well, I've got a podcast that's, um, maybe, I should change it. maybe I should change the name again. Maybe I should call it Uncle Dave's Iron Maiden Zone. <laughs> well, well, it'll be easier for me. <laughs> oh, but it'll be easier for you. There you go. Um, no, but I have a, my podcast is Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. Um, I do, I talk a lot about Iron Maiden. Obviously I, I get fans on and we talk about, I get them to do their Iron Maiden story till that. And then we talk, like I said, you said earlier, we talk, I talk about other music. I call those, my original name was uncle Steve's rock and metal zone. So I kind of decided that when I do those, I call them rock and metal editions. So I think that's a, a nice little tie for that. But, um, I'm on Twitter at my username is uncle Steve rock. But if you look up uncle Steve's Iron Maiden zone, you'll find me. Um, let's see. I've got a Facebook page that I don't really do a whole lot with. Uh, I think that's pretty much the only way. And know, and, and then if uh, someone has my personal phone number, they can always send me a text. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Look, uh, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks very much, Steve, for joining. Um, and I will make sure to keep up with the current episodes of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden podcast. I really enjoyed the one you did with Wayne uh, from Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast. There, uh, it was great. So <laughs> yeah, that was fun. It was good. So uh, keep up the go- or Trevor, should I say? Sorry. Uh, so keep up the good work. Yeah, Trevor. <laughs> hey, thank you, sir, and uh, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on here and talk. It's always to me. It's really. I think we have a unique guys like us doing the podcast get something that the people that listening don't get. We get to actually create these friends. It's one thing to have an online friendship with somebody and, and, you know, chat with them on Twitter, but it's a whole nother thing to get to get on the phone with somebody and actually have a real conversation. It is. Yeah. And it's something I appreciate I, it. I don't even really do it with my actual friends I've known all my life. <laughs> so, um, it is, it's, it's funny it's, that way. Isn't it's, good. It? <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, okay. I'll probably, I'll probably leave it there, but look, um, yeah, I'll, look, thanks very much for joining. I'll probably talk to you again. I'm sure at some point. Um, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. Keep, keep up the good work. Thank you. You too. Thank you, sir. All right. See you later. All right. Bye. All right. All right. So that was Uncle Steve from Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. Thank you very much, Steve, for chatting with me. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to uh, maybe chatting to you again at some time in the future, maybe in a different format. Who knows? Um, 
So I'm going to leave you with a song that I mentioned earlier on. And this is the song uh, Scary Little Green Men from Ozzy Osbourne. Just because I feel like it. So that's been it for episode 14 of Feckin' Metal. I've been Fergal Trainer, your host. Next week I will be speaking to my friend Kevin Daly. And we will be reviewing five years of attending the Sabaton Open Air Festival in Sweden. And any, all of the stories and... Um, do, and all of the stories that we can remember that go along with that. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one. I hope you are too. That's going to do it for this week. I will see you next time. <laughs>